Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. I am delighted to be back with you again today. I'm your host, Dr. Alan. With us, Sharad Mehta. Let's discover how we can close our first deal within 90 days. Sherrod is primarily an active investor in Lake County and in Indiana markets while managing his business from Toronto, Canada, where he is a resident. Using RE Simply, Sherrod is able to manage three to four rehabs a month while living in a completely different part of the continent. So, Sharad, share with us a memorable experience from your formative years that helped you to be the person you are today. I would say it was, I was very young, uh, maybe 10 or 11. I had gone grocery shopping and I got some change back in cash. It was like two Indian rupees, you know, and I dropped the coin and it went under the, the counter. And I'm like, it's only two rupees, you know, who cares? And I, you know, came back home. My mom is like, hey, where's the change? I'm like, I don't have it. It was only two rupees. What's the big deal? It's like, I wanted to go back, get the two rupees out. When you start making your own money, you can waste as much as you want. But for now, I wanted to go back and get that two rupees back. So I, 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 that, was, that was very, it had a big influence on kind of how to start thinking about money. That even tiny little bits of it can be important to hold on to. Well, a good lesson to learn. And I'm sure it wasn't very pleasant going back to the store and telling the shop owner that you had dig under their counter. So I'm sure you do remember that to this day here. Well, you have some phenomenal success stories to share with us. You own 50 units free and clear. And on top of that, you do rehabs and flipping and do about 40 to 50 properties per year. Mostly you're doing that in Indiana, from what I understand, while living in Canada. Just start us off here and share with us how it is that you got started into real estate investing. Uh, Absolutely. So I used to live in Chicago when I started investing in the Indiana market. So for anybody that's not familiar, I do my investing in Northwest Indiana. It's practically a suburb of Chicago, 30 to 45 minutes outside of downtown Chicago. So my office is in Northwest Indiana. I haven't been there in a year and a half, but you know, we have an office in Indiana. So I started investing. I read a book, Millionaire Real Estate Investor, and it talked about, you know, when looking to invest, you know, just draw like a one hour drive radius from where you live and see what neighborhoods fall within that one hour drive. And Indiana happens to fall in that one hour drive. So that really got me curious about Indiana market, like living in Chicago. I never even like really thought about Indiana market. You know, just my default was, yeah, I live in Chicago. I should invest in Chicago. So I just got really curious, started looking into it. And then this was back in 2010. So I bought my first property in August 2010. It was a two-unit property. My goal was always to have passive income. So I bought a two-unit property, reinvested, and just kept reinvesting. You know, a month later, I bought a three-unit and then just kept reinvesting my profit or earning from my real estate into more properties and then kind of, you know, scale from there. Well, what was it about that part of the of Indiana that you decided that that was indeed 
a good market to be investing in? I think probably the biggest pull for me was the fact that it was landlord friendly. It still is landlord friendly compared to Chicago market, which, you know, leans a little bit towards like more tenant friendly. So that was a big pull. And then also the rate of return, the entry price to buy a property was a lot lower back then versus what it was in Chicago. And that was 2010. So that's 11 years. I expect most markets have changed in the last 11 years. How has that Indiana market changed? It's definitely gone up like any other market in the country right now. It's still a pretty good investment market for rental properties for fix and flips. It's generally a good market for investors to be in. It's definitely more competitive now than it was when I first started investing, which I assume is, you know, for any markets in the country you know there's more real estate investors now but but it's still there's still opportunities you know we do a lot of marketing like direct mail marketing cold calling and a couple of other things to generate leads ppc and stuff but yeah i mean we're, we're still getting some good deals that we're able to buy okay well you started your own company re simply tell us what the company is what it does and why it is that you started it so in 2015, I moved from Chicago to San Diego. I still had a very active business in Indiana. And once I moved to California, I started looking at, okay, I need to manage a team. What tools would I need? And how do I try keep, you know, my team all in one place, you know, stay on top of the data and everything. So as I started looking at different options, I wasn't particularly happy with any options that were there. You know, I would have to work with a few different software then, you know, uh, integrate them and I wasn't too excited about it. So I thought, you know what, maybe let me just tinker around with it. Let me just start with something that I can use for myself. And that's where the company started. So if I hadn't moved out of Chicago, I probably would not have started the company. So the big reason was I had a personal need to start the company. And what is RE simply? Is that is it your real estate management company? Right. So recently is a software company for real estate investors to be able to manage their business. It's geared more towards investors that are doing marketing actively to buy properties. It's geared more for them, very focused on data analytics, the KPI tracking, lots of automations for lead follow-up, managing your team, managing your business overall. And so is this a product that you actually developed? Correct. Okay. Are you a software developer? Is that? Oh, I, I did. I did not. Like, I am the owner of the company, but we have a development team that works on it. Oh, started okay. out with like a, a guy just kind of building something for my specific need. And then and for a couple of years, two, three years, when I first developed it, I was just using it for myself. And as we started growing, you know, other investors would ask me, hey, what are you using? Could I play around with it? And then a couple of years ago, we opened it up for other investors. Oh, Okay. So the product right. is available for others. Are yeah. you actually actively marketing it? We are. We are actively marketing it now. Okay, cool. What are the guidelines that you give to anyone who is looking to close their first deal within 90 days? Absolutely. So the most important thing would be to start out with the market that they feel comfortable with. That's that's the first part. So let's say somebody is starting out in a brand new, not just Take Indiana, for example. So I would start out, let's say if I was starting out in Indiana market, I would then look at, okay, what is going to be my exit strategy? Am I looking to wholesale? Am I looking to buy rental properties for passive income? Or am I looking to do fix and flip? Let's say in this case, you're looking to you know do either wholesale or fix and flip. 
or it could also be for rental properties in this case, then I would look at what's the median home price in that area, in the you know cities that you're looking to target in or zip codes. I would just focus on those median prices. I would not go higher end or low end. Then from there, I would look at reaching out to homeowners that might have some motivation to sell their properties. They, these could be your absentee homeowners, you know, your tired landlords, they own few properties, but you know, they're, they're not, they're just tired of being a landlord now. You know, they, they want to sell this property. So I would reach out to them through direct mail. Direct mail personally tends to be most consistent for us. We get about 50% of our deals from direct mail. So I would reach out to them through direct mail. Maybe, you know, if you feel comfortable with cold calling some PPC, I would pick one marketing channel that you personally feel comfortable with based on your, based on your budget, based on your personality, a couple of different things. And then I would have a system to follow up with those leads on a regular basis. And then as those leads start coming in, initially what I would recommend somebody is just go on every single appointment. Even if it's a $200,000 house, somebody is asking for $200,000 for it, just go on that appointment. You know, there's always going to be some hesitation. You know, there's going to be some anxiety in the beginning when you're starting out. Just, you know, go on an appointment, just get comfortable, like build out a system, build out a process that you feel comfortable with, with your own business, you know, how, like build your own checklist. So next time when you go on an actual appointment where there might be a possibility to buy a house, you know, kind of just gotten all your sort of, you know, so to speak, like mistakes out of the way, you build a good system and process that you can follow. Uh, and then once you have that, I, I think one of the most important thing, which people don't realize in the business, especially if you're doing any sorts of marketing, is the follow-up. It's the money is in the follow-up. You know, it's a cliche, but it, it is true. It is like we notice in our business, we notice in other investors that are using our platform. You know, we have some investors doing, you know, 120, 150 deals a year using our platform. And you notice for them, we notice for people just starting out, you're doing one or two deals a month. It's the follow-up. That's, that's where the money is to be made. We'll be right back after a brief announcement. Are you a busy professional, passionate about the work of your calling, yet realize that even though you love what you are doing, you're exchanging your time for money? You know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money, your financial well-being will be in jeopardy. If you can relate, I have great news. Steve Tucker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steedtucker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. Well, give us an example of what it is that you mean by the follow-up. Is that like uh, sending out uh, eight letters before you get a response, making eight cold calls. What do you mean when you're talking about follow-up? So it's it's a little bit of both. So let me give you an example of that's in auto industry. Let's say, you know, wherever you live, let's say you get a postcard from your local Toyota dealership once a quarter. Like beginning of the year, they send you one. They send you one around May, you know, for Memorial Day. They send you one around Labor Day. So they send you one at the end of the year, right? Nothing. They're just sending you one postcard saying, hey, we have the sale going on. You might not even be in the market to buy a car, but let's say they're sending you one postcard, like cost them 40, 50 cents to send that out. That's all they're doing. Say you've gotten four or five postcards, your car breaks down, right? Now you are in a market to buy a car. Just more likely than not, you're going to at least think about that Toyota dealership and just give them a call. If you happen to be in the market for, you know, like Toyota, Honda, you know, or Ford. So you're going to give them a call. They haven't done anything. All they've done is just stayed on your 
radar. Just they planted a seed in your mind that, hey, if you need a car, you might not need a car right now. But if you do, you know, here's, you know, here we are. This is kind of what we offer. It's the same thing with homeowners. I think a mistake that a lot of investors make is they send out a postcard to thousand people, right? Or they send out letters to thousand people. And most of the people are going to call back and say, I'm not interested. Take me off the list. That's okay. I think that's where 95% of people get discouraged. They say, oh, it doesn't work. Then they move on to the next thing. Then they might cold call that thousand people and people are going to say, hey, just take me off the list. Don't ever call me again. And then they get discouraged. So they just keep jumping from one marketing to the next to the next, but they never give enough time for one marketing. So I I think that's where a lot of people make mistakes. It's just nurturing that list. So one part would be what you said would be mailing to the same list. If you have a list of thousand people, at least you want to plan out to mail them four or five times. You don't have to mail them every month. You can mail them every other month. That's what we do. So you can mail them every other month, but just plan on mailing at least four to five times. Right. Most people, they don't see an ad on TV or they don't listen to an ad on radio and they just go run and buy that product. You know, it's just marketing is all about planting a seed in your mind. Hey, if you need this thing, you know, just think of us. That's that's all you're wanting from that. So that's the one part is mailing to the same list or calling or doing some marketing to the same list. The second part is when somebody calls you back, they might say, you know, let's say if you're looking to buy a $200,000 house for $150,000, that's it. Right. You want to have $50,000 equity, assuming no repairs or anything. Somebody might call and say, hey, I want 175,000. So they might need 175,000 right now, but just don't get discouraged. Put them on some sort of automated follow-up. It might be, you know, like the system that we use, uh, what we do is if somebody says, I'm not interested, or in this case, they say, I want 175,000, but our max is 150,000. We just put them on an automated follow-up. So every month, we might send them a text message. Somebody from our team might call them, we might send them an email, we might send them a direct mail, all automated, just letting them know, hey, Mr. Seller, I know we talked about this property, you wanted 175,000, we couldn't agree on the price. However, if anything changes with your situation, if you're willing to come down, we are definitely looking to buy. And it's surprising that they might have a a flood in their basement. You know, their furnace might break down, their roof might start leaking, and they might say, you know what, I don't want to deal with this. I'm just tired. Let me call the guy who's been following up with me. Let me just call him and see if he's still interested. That's that's how we're buying a lot of our houses. It's just by staying on their radar. So that's that's what I mean by follow-ups. Well, excellent example there. Thanks for sharing that. Before we go further here, why don't you share with our viewers and listeners how it is that they can connect with you? And tell us a little bit more about Simply, is that what you call it, uh, your, your product there, and how it is they can get hold of that? Yeah, absolutely. So in Resimply, what we have done is to create a software where you can essentially run your entire business from one platform. Uh, Again, the example that I gave, you know, you might have different marketing lists that you're mailing to. So our software would let you manage all those marketing lists to see if there's any duplicate, there's any overlap. So you're not mailing to the same person twice if there's overlap between list one and list two. So that's one part. And then once you know, your, your calls start coming in. You can buy a phone number within our system. You can call from within our system. You can text. You can have your call forwarded to an outside phone number. You know, we have an app. You can do a lot of this from the app also. And then you can manage the project. You can manage your financial. You can manage your 
KPI. So that's what recently would let you do is essentially run your business from one platform without having to jump from one software to another and just kind of losing, you know, information in between, uh, in between those platforms. And then, you know, how people can contact me is through recently.com. It's R E S I M P L I.com. And then just going on their page and, you know, through the contact us form, somebody wants to email me directly. It's my first name, Sharad, S H A R A D at resimply.com, R-E-S-I-M-P-L-I.com. Well, Sherard, I'm really curious here how you run what is often a boots on the ground kind of business while you're in Toronto and the business is actually in Indiana. So talk us through that. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not very actively involved, but just we've really made it hands off business. So we do about 40, 50 rehabs a year. And my project manager actually lives in California. She has been with me for over five years and she's actually been to Indiana only three times now in the last five years. So she's managing all our rehabs from California and some of our rehabs are pretty extensive, you know, in our market, like $50,000, $60,000 rehab. So we made it like very, very, yeah, you know, hands off. But the way we've been able to do that is build a lot of systems and processes. Something as simple as, for example, if, you know, if we're doing, so about half of the properties that we sell, we sell to other investors looking to buy turnkey properties, for example. So we own a property management company also. And the other half is, you know, to retail owners. So for our turnkey properties, what we've done is we built a system where, for example, you know, we're using the same paint, same flooring, same light fixture, same toilet. For example, if it's roofing material, it's, it's everything is practically the same in the house. So for us, when a contractor goes and gives us a bid on a property, all they have to do is they know what a finished product needs to look like. They know what materials we're going to use. They just give us a number. So it's very, very systematic that you know we're not walking them through. Like nobody from our team actually goes and walks the property. Uh, during the rehab. It's a contractor does that. He knows what needs to be done. My team, when we're buying a property, like my acquisition manager, she's the only person from our team that's actually based in Indiana. My COO of the company, he's in South Carolina. My project manager is in California. I live in Canada. And then we have three people in Philippines and the only one in Indiana is our acquisition person. So what she would do is, let's say she goes out, she takes 50, 60 pictures of the house, then we create a file shareable link within Resimply. We send it to our acquisition person. She takes 50 pictures. She uploads all those pictures in that the shareable file link that we have sent her and all the pictures get synced with that property. So once those pictures are there, then my project manager would go through and, you know, based on that, based on the video, would just tell the contractor and, you know, based on the numbers that we have, hey, this is going to be a rehab. This is going to be a rental property or this is going to be a flip. The contractor goes out, gives us a bid on the property, and then based on that, we decide if we should move forward with that or not. A phenomenal system that you have there. A whole lot we could learn from you. Well, what is it you do for fun? You obviously are a very busy person, but how do you have fun? It's different during the COVID times, but I haven't traveled. I mean, I should go to Costa Rica last month, but I do love to travel with my family. You know, I have my wife and I have been together for more than 20 years now. We've been married for 11, but we've been together for 20 years. We have a five-year-old son and a one-year-old daughter. So they keep us pretty busy, pretty entertained, more than sometimes we would like to be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, just spend time with family. I like to work out, you know, so I do that every day. 
4.30 to 5.30. That's kind of my ritual, working out and just spending time with family. And then once things open up a little bit, post-COVID work, I would love to start traveling with family. Where all have you traveled? Uh, I have been to Europe, been to Africa. We've done African safari, been to South America, Machu Picchu, uh, hiked a, a glacier, I've been to Brazil. So the goal is to go to all seven continents of so Australia and Antarctica are the two that are left. So that's kind of on my bucket list and travel to 100 countries. So we've been to about 33 or 35. So, you know, that's something to look forward to. But, you know, we, we want to wait until our kids are a little bit older, maybe, you know, in about two, three years so where they can remember a few things. But yeah, that's, that's kind of what we want to start doing. Let's start traveling the world a little bit more, you know, with what we used to do before uh, COVID. Well, amazing there. Well, what are some of the books you've read in the last last year or two? I, I don't read a lot of new books. What I do is I read a lot, but I generally tend to read the same book. Uh, I repeat the same book every year. Like the one thing is one of the books that I read every year, no matter what happens. So one thing I read, uh, the one thing is the book that I read every year. Deep Work is another one by Cal Newport. Uh, there is Grit by Angela Duckworth. Mindset by Carol Dweck. And dating greatly. I can't remember the name of the author, but you know, those are like five, six, or you know, I have about like 10 books that I kind of read through every year. Then every now and then I'll pick up a new book. You know, I just read the book from uh, the author of Medical Morning. He wrote another book. So I just finished that, you know, but it's generally like I, I, there's some books that have had a profound impact on my life. So those I tend to go back and read every year just to keep reinforcing, you know, the teachings from those. Well, that's an interesting concept and probably a good ritual to follow there. The only one of those books I've read is Grit, and I would highly recommend that to anybody. It's an excellent book, and I'm sure those others are as well. Well, Sherrod, it's been a pleasure having you today. Very informative and so much you've shared with us in this very short period of time. So thank you so much for being with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steve Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at stevetalker.com.